1: In life, there are certain people who say certain words in a certain way that can cut you right to the bone. We all know that somebody who can deliver a death blow in just a few sentences. These people are evil masterminds of the highest order with sharp fangs and sharper tongues could be your mother or father, your ex, or the starting power forward for the Golden State Warriors.
2: Chasing that farewell tour, they don't allow you like that. You can no farewell tour, they don't allow you like that. You ain't
1: got that type of... This is First Ballot. Welcome to First Ballot, the podcast that celebrates the moments in sports that really matter and decides whether to induct them into the First Ballot Hall of Fame. I'm your host, Neil, the long-lost Gasol brother, a.k.a. Got'em Coach, the podcast Jordan Clarkson, coming to you live from the Shaquille O'Neal big and tall executive suite desk chair. Draymond Green laying waste to Paul Pierce on national television in the most straightforward, brutal manner is clearly a great sports moment. But is it a first ballot Hall of Famer? We will decide that today. And here to do it with me is a man who needs no introduction. The king of NBA Twitter, or maybe just Twitter in general. The sports and entertainment multi it. He's not a businessman. He is a business, comma, man, Mr. Josiah Johnson. King, thank you for being on the show. It is an honor.
0: Thank you for that great intro. And did you refer to yourself as the podcast Jordan Clarkson? Because that's probably the most legendary thing I think I've heard in a long, long time.
1: I did. It's only based on the fact that he's half Filipino. So am I. But I hope that's where the comparison ends.
0: It's uh, all gravy. Filipino love. Definitely got tons of love for the Filipino community. I'm on the lumpia heavy, so you already know. Yeah.
1: I appreciate that, sir. Josiah, everyone follows you where they should at King josiah 54 Your numbers on the app are official. They're bankable. Have there been any retweets, quote tweets, replies, or DMs that really got you any pleasant surprises?
0: Uh, you know, obviously LeBron James calling me the goat was the most pleasant Amazing. surprise. Jordan Peele giving me some love back in the day was a pleasant surprise. Ava DuVernay, who I worked with on Colin in Black and White, Amazing. telling me that she shares my memes with Oprah in group chats. <laughs> oh, my Amazing God. surprise. John Legend, who I'm a humongous fan of. Actually got to see him perform uh, out in L.A. when he was out here uh, this past uh, summer, I believe. Uh, you know, another another amazing individual uh, to give me love. So honestly, it's just cool. But even just regular people, man, every day I open the app and somebody's, you know, sh- showing me praise and I'm super thankful and humble.
1: It's amazing. That's Those are incredible stories. Oprah, <laughs> Oprah in the group chat is fantastic. That's hard to beat. When you're sitting at home, how do you – find out that lebron calls you go do you just check your phone does your do people start texting you like how does that moment happen
0: well it's actually a funny story because another legend uh dm me uh kyle long who uh you know played for the bears for a number of years but he played for the chiefs uh, most recently uh sent me a dm like yo bro you got the lebron love i'm just like what are you talking about and then i, I went back and oh scrolled through then you see the Abby showed up in the verified section it's like this looks like lebron's account and then you <laughs> click on it and me and him kind of have an exchange where we go back and forth and just to know i shared you know Brief moments with, with uh, you know, who I believe the greatest basketball player of all time. Uh, you know, it was a phenomenal experience
1: for myself. Amazing, congratulations! Now, when we were producing this episode, shout out to my producer Jessica saying we identified a couple moments that we thought might be perfect for you, King Josiah, to debate, and you immediately chose Draymond Green's "They Don't Love You Like That" moment. Why?
0: What's well, funny? Actually, I was working at a company a number of years ago, and uh, they were working on a pilot for a show that they were working on. And Draymond was going to be one of the guests, so they asked me to basically write a script for him about uh, talking shit. So, literally, this moment sprung to mind. I wrote this script Mm -hmm. that I thought was amazing. I got to hunt it down at some point. But just, you know, I I thought it'd be great, fit his tone, fit his voice, and I used this moment, basically, as uh, the the motivating and and catalyst for the, the script that I wrote. So... Looking back on it, I'm a big Paul Pierce fan. It's unfortunate that he found himself in this position, but it's also a testament to Draymond. I'm not a Warriors fan by any stretch of the imagination, but Draymond is a guy to me that I have the utmost respect for because of his ability to get under player skin and his unwavering ability to talk trash, talk shit, and really just dehumanize human beings who are <laughs> Hall of Fame level. So here we are.
1: Uh, the, the, the most underrated thing about Draymond's trash talk is the sound of his voice. The quality of his voice just has this, like, sort of barking, aggressive. Like, it just cuts through the crowd, and I love that part of it. And I feel like it doesn't get brought up enough. The quality of his voice really makes what he says much more powerful. It's hurtful. I mean, I think most recently
0: (laughs) Jay Crowder... When he told him, "You're not like that. You're from Buckhead." Literally, just the research, the way he's able to, to pull up facts and information that are personal tidbits about people that they might be sensitive to or very keen to and astute to, and the way that you know the NBA microphones are set up, that they always happen to capture yes. capture all this great audio, and you know you get these whole debates that he goes out with people, and really he's a guy to me that it doesn't matter. You beat him. You know, LeBron came back from three one. Uh, Draymond was unfazed. You know, Draymond calling oh, him a bitch in that game. Uh, you know, and finally you get to see LeBron crack a little bit. It's only been like three or four times in LeBron's career where I've seen somebody say something to him that's caused him to lose character. When I look at a guy like Draymond, like you know, when I was playing basketball back in the day, we'd be in the locker room. There's things that you know, bombs that you could drop on somebody that you would never go there just out of respect right. for them. Right. He doesn't really have that filter, so he's more than happy to drop that bomb on a random Wednesday. Doesn't really matter. You know, it's like it don't have to be in the finals. It could be a preseason game. It could be a summer. League. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) game he could pull up to the drew league and if you you say something to him and just get get him going then you know you know he's not a guy who's gonna be unwavering he's not gonna shut up and even if you beat him he's still not gonna shut up and that's my worst type of shit talker because you really don't ever believe that you can defeat
1: him no matter what the situation (laughs) is he's gonna come back a hundred times stronger so perfect segue let's dive into our moment To decide whether our moment makes the first ballot Hall of Fame, we have to go through the Hall of Fame credentials. Those are the categories by which we judge our moment. The first one is analytics. And to your point, Josiah, the first stat, 41 seconds. We're f- you just mentioned he might drop this in a preseason game. We're 41 seconds into the beginning of this game. Clippers and Warriors, 41 seconds in. The score is 0-0. The first point happens as Draymond is talking shit. This guy wastes no time. Uh, the Warriors did win 123-113, to 113, but Draymond said this whole moment started because Paul Pierce was shouting at him from the bench, saying he could not guard Blake Griffin. So how did Blake do that night? He was 3 of 13. <laughs> Blake Griffin shot 23% from the field that night.
0: I think we got to take just a moment to really acknowledge the victim in this whole situation. Blake Griffin, Blake, not a huge talker, more of a comedy guy, more of that dry humor, you know, deadpan type stuff was probably just going out expecting to get a 20, 25 point game, you know, average good night. Uh, Paul Pierce starts chirping. Blake has to hear this. Blake has to hear Draymond start insulting Paul Pierce and wants to laugh. You know, that's the, the, the most messed up part about this thing as guys can tell you that have hoop before, it doesn't matter for somebody on your team. If they're getting clowned and you're in an earshot of that and you hear it, you're going to laugh. And sadly, you right. can't make eye contact with them. You have to cover your mouth. We used to do like right. the Goodfellas thing back in the day where we'd cover our <laughs> mouth. We were talking to each other just, you know, if we had to giggle or do whatever because we knew the cameras were looking at us and we didn't want to be, you know, the next victim on the <laughs> Summer Jam screen. But for Draymond to do that, to start the game, 41 seconds in, as you mentioned, and then proceed to lock up Blake Griffin, to the tune of 23% from the field, I think further heightens and adds to his argument and to this discussion point and really helps elevate him in my mind to make this a first ballot moment. But you know, at that moment, at the end of the game, Blake's probably you know telling Paul in the locker room, like, yo, bro, chill out. Like, <laughs> like you're messing my shit up now. Like, you messed up my average, and you were on the bench. And mind you, Paul on the bench, kind of the entailing of his career, Hall of Fame career, great basketball player but he was washed at that point and it's sad Paul's an LA guy Inglewood guy we grew up playing in the same AAU program We've always had a tremendous amount of love and respect for him as a human being he went to the Celtics it was tough for us to really embrace that <laughs> it's tough and I think that's ultimately stunted his career you know he's gotten in situations situation with Dwayne Wade and other situations where he didn't have the love and support that he should have had from Inglewood right. from Los Angeles right. from this great city that we call home city of champions he literally grew up in because he went from the city of champions <laughs> to, to the Boston. city of
1: the runner up champions almost the city almost as good as the city of champions (laughs) well that's uh you're 100 percent right one dnp coach's decision paul pierce never got off the bench that night that is a disaster Uh, additionally and i love that you brought up this point blake is a comedy guy there is a zero percent chance blake griffin didn't hear that and find it funny no way blake griffin understands comedy and knew precisely how funny that was what draymond yelled at him and it must have been very difficult for him to have to hide that yes for sure and that's just it's
0: unfortunate the whole world's watching uh you know rest in peace the legend kobe bryant to draw that comparison and tell him that, you know, you thought you were Kobe, you thought you were getting a farewell tour. I mean, how could Paul Pierce think that playing on the Clippers? That's just not a team that's designed for farewell tours. That's not, any knock knocked that organization. Steve Ballmer's done a tremendous job. My dad played for the Clippers growing up, as a lot of people know. Donald Sterling era was not a fan. Uh, you know, more Stockholm syndrome, being forced to root for the team. <laughs> Under those conditions, you know, obviously wanted to support my father. He did give me life. But even he'll tell you, it was tumultuous time period. It was tough because you have to really distinguish, which is what you even have to do with the Celtics now. Celtics have a great team, but you have to distinguish the players kind of from the stigma that Boston has, the stigma that the fans have. And you want to root for guys like Jalen Brown and Marcus Martin, Jason Tatum, uh, and the rest of that crew. But also, it's tough. Same when Paul Pierce was there. It's like, ooh, I just don't want to root for what Boston represents, though. It's kind of, you know.
1: I think a lot of people know this, but if they don't, your father is a five-time All-Star, three-time All-NBA A legend, Marcus Johnson, but let's forget all of that. Your father played Raymond in White Men Can't Jump, a movie I watched 40 straight weekends as a child. That movie was for me. Do you have any stories about that film? Did you get to be on set at all?
0: Yeah, so actually I helped him a lot with uh, just the preparation for that I remember reading the script and and, and loving it even. I was like eight or nine years old at that point. was a little too young to be in the movie. My older brother Chris has a cameo in there. My Uh, my cousin Carlton has a a cameo in there in one of the the court scenes. He's messing around with the clown, like spinning Uh, a ball and like running around. uh, So I got to pull up the set a few times. was actually there, like the pre-workouts when they were getting everybody ready to go. They were working out at the Beverly Hills YMCA, I believe, was one of the spots where they were training at. And if you can imagine, it's a gym full of like people like my dad who were former NBA guys, and then people like Wesley Snipes, Woody Harrelson. Woody actually had a basketball background. Wesley, not so much. Let's just say Wesley <laughs> struggled during some of the drills. A lot of the players didn't want to go with Wesley during some of those drills because <laughs> he would mess up a lot. Then they have to do it over. He kind of caught wind of this, started cussing people out. But it was a tremendous experience, and I remember – you know, being on set a few times, seeing my dad—he was a method actor, so he was in character as Raymond for a good two to three months. Didn't oh shave, God. just rolling around the house like that, kind of with that crazy <laughs> look and demeanor. But uh, being in the theater for the premiere, uh, when his scene popped up for the first time, and just the uh, way that the crowd responded, yes. how the whole theater laughed, and you just knew then that it was—it was, it was going to be a legendary moment. Didn't quite know how iconic it was going to be, but right. you know, it's phenomenal, phenomenal thing.
1: Amazing. Let's get back into our moment. The next credential is the MVP. What's the most valuable part of this moment? Let's listen to it together. You tell me which of these sentences is the most cutting, which is the most valuable. Chasing that
2: love. That's what's now, which of I mean, those
1: sentences? I think, sentences? You know. You know, I think you know. we all. You, all know. Know. you tell me. You tell me, please. Neil,
0: you know. You thought you was Kobe. <laughs> It just the the exclamation point on a, just a, a series of great shit talking. You think you're getting that farewell tour? They don't love you. You got no farewell tour. You are chilling on the end of the bench right now, Paul Pierce. Amazing career, NBA champion, bucket getter, overcame adversity, Inglewood's finest, dominated in high school, went to Kansas like Stacy and Menace Society. Uh, society. <laughs> no farewell tour for you. Maybe in Boston. Maybe in the land of lucky, but no. (laughs) And that, I mean, look, for Paul tail detailing of his career, he's just trying to ride it out, get his check, you know, back in L.A. And you thought you was Kobe. (laughs) Not getting a farewell tour. And everybody heard it. Imagine being being in that arena during a free throw so it's quiet. Like I said, NBA Mike's picking it up. And you have to listen to that banter going on. Imagine (laughs) being Doc Rivers, CP3. Oh, my God. Donald, wait, I don't even know if Sterling was there for this point. I think he might have been. What? Departed. Shelly Sterling, whoever. Somebody in the Sterling family, even even Sterling's like, damn. (laughs) Like, that's cold-blooded. And we are literally the scum of the earth. And we even thought that was despicable.
1: That's over the line for the Sterling family. (laughs) Like,
0: that's too much. That's an evil man.
1: (laughs) Invoking Kobe is just very mean. Uh, and it's, it's beautiful. I do want to give a little bit of attention to you ain't got that type of love for the same reason, him yelling, you ain't got that type of love. It's just like such a base fundamental level insult. It's like, he's telling you people don't love you like that. It's like just such a simple, pure sentence. And it's really just nasty and cutting. And I think that's a, that's an important part of that phrase and what he yelled a lot of people may not remember this, but you, Josiah Johnson, are actually responsible for the viral footage of Kobe at the Drew League in 2011. He hit the game winner over James Harden. Yep. Tell us about that day and that moment. Summer
0: day, August 2011. I'm kind of at home chilling. Uh, get a call from my dad, like, yo, pull up to the Drew League today. Kobe's supposed to come. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, I don't really feel like doing that. Like, I'm good. <laughs> literally, I literally was that arrogant and stupid. Like, yeah, I'm good. <laughs> so I called a close buddy of mine who I knew had the camera equipment too. I'm like, yo, Kobe's supposed to come. Can you go film it for me? Like... And he couldn't make it. So finally, I'm like, all right, come hit my dad back. Like, all right, I'm coming. I'm on my way. L- literally. This is like the, the, the how much of an idiot I am. Uh, <laughs> and I'll be fully honest about it. So uh, grabbed the equipment, shot over to the Drew League, Shout out to Dino Smiley and the whole crew over there. Uh, went through like a back door. And even when I got there, kind of word started filtering out that Kobe was coming. Right, so. Right. Gym gym doors were closed at that point. There was a line out the door. I'd interviewed a couple people just to get some scenery. I interviewed an older woman. She's like, yeah, I've been out since 11 a.m. It was probably like 3 at this point, like an 80, 90 degree day, like sun blistering, just burning down. Finally, guys go out to warm up. You know, I'm I'm standing near the door kind of just spraying the area, getting some B-roll, getting some scenics. Kobe walks up. I mean I grab the camera, even me, I'm giddy, like you know <laughs> yeah. it's 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 easy to talk shit from a distance, you know what I'm saying when you don't when you're not around these guys like but actually seeing Kobe in real yes. life walk up. Like, I, my heart even starts fluttering a little bit, and I, I'm ashamed to admit it at that point. So I'm like, damn, I'm supposed to be this diehard LeBron fan. But, you know, just the way, you know, just the, just the aura around him and the way he carried himself and walked in the gym and was doing his Kobe thing, dapping up all the players, messing around with guys, getting some jumpers up. Him and Marcus Banks, who, uh, you know, you played in the league, mm-hmm. g- were going one on one with each other, kind of just joking around, but also very serious as well. I Funny, I got a shot of him and my dad dapping up, you know, Kobe paying respect to the, to the OGs. So proceed to play the game. Uh, You know, Kobe's looking solid out there. He's got some great moves, but uh, Harden's guarding him. DeMar's guarding him. Guys are going at him. They're not showing him any love. Right? Fans on the court, dudes holding babies, talking shit to him as he's running (laughs) up and down. You know, like the sheriff there trying to guard everything, trying to keep everybody contained. But, you know, literally at any point if the crowd turns – there's nothing they can do about it. It's maybe like five police officers, not enough to contain. There's probably like five, 600 people in the gym. <laughs> uh, so Kobe and Harden, and all these guys are going back at it. So fourth quarter, we'll fast forward. Kobe's team is down like eight points, something crazy with a couple minutes to go. Uh, during the timeout, Sheriff walks over to Kobe like, yo, we want to get you out of here now. You know, before, you know, the game ends and there's a melee. Kobe looks up at the clock like, yo, there's still time on the clock. I got to finish the game. <laughs> I I had the camera. I'd been shooting for like two, three hours straight at that point. So I captured the moment not as good as I would want to. It's Funny, I did a uh, worked on a doc with Baron Davis on this and gave him some of the footage for it. And he's like, yo, did you get the part where Kobe told the sheriff? And I'm so in the zone when I'm filming yeah. that I'm just capturing so much stuff. I'm not really, you know, it was hard to hear in the gym. I was like, I don't know if I got it. Then we played it. Like, oh, there it is. There Booyah. It is. <laughs> so got it. <laughs> But, you know, proceed, game comes down to the final play. Kobe's team's down one. Uh, Kobe brings up the ball. Whole crowd's going crazy. Ends up shaking hard and hitting a uh, you know a nice little floater from like 15, 17 footer right by the free throw line for the win. Crowd just rushes to court. Everybody just, you know, and it's it's one of those moments that you capture. And literally, so the funniest part of the story is, this is back in the day. I didn't have all the equipment I needed. So when I used to transfer footage, I, would, I recorded on P2 cards, but I couldn't transfer it over. I needed a cord. It was like a 1394E, whatever that cord's called. Yeah, yeah, you know. yeah, 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 You know people work in production. Like, I didn't have the right one. So I literally called my buddy Nolan up, who was a sports director over at uh, KTLA, drove out to Hollywood uh. to try and get the clip up, had the best view of it. But I think, you know, dropped dropped that thing. And this is back in the day when it was like hoop mixtape. I think ball yeah, yeah. is life. And then a guy by the name of Marvin who who filmed for the actual Drew League and got all our clips up. But, you know, put mine out, mine was the best. And uh just just an amazing moment. And for me, it really just helped me, you know, bring pride to the city, bring pride to the Drew League. And, you know, when I still walk there now, you know, Dino and the rest of the guys always just show me a tremendous that's amount amazing. of respect, you know, for capturing that moment and yeah. getting them millions and millions of views and really yeah. raising their profile. Cause Kobe comes and plays the game, that's one thing. Kobe comes, hits a game winner. That's right against James Harden, who's kind of now the new generation, I think. But, you know, definitely a tremendous amount of disrespect for Kobe and uh, everything he meant to the
1: league. Thank you for doing it. We really appreciate it as fans. The next category, the next credential is the eye test. What did you see in the footage? What did you see in this clip that helps add to the greatness of the moment? I want to pitch you one if you don't mind. Go. Draymond Green switches sides of the lane. He has his back to Paul and switches places with Kevin Durant so that he can yell directly at Paul Pierce and see him. To me, that is an aggression. That is a pointed decision to make to go, no, 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 wait a second. Switch me, Kevin, in between shots. First free throw goes in, first point of the game. Draymond switches with KD so he can look right down the barrel, tell Paul Pierce to his face, they don't love you like that.
0: Phenomenal. Look, Draymond again, you have a show called First Ballot. Draymond, in my mind, is the first Ballot Hall of Famer. I'm sure a lot of people would agree. But for Draymond to do that and proceed to B-rate Paul Pierce (laughs) for an entire throw period while cameras are capturing it, and you know, like announcers, whatever, are hearing this on the game feed. It's a hard thing to hear, right? They have headphones on. And their audio is picking this up, so they get to hear this moment too. America's hearing it. Everybody, Now you're taking a Warriors-Clippers game, which there was interest in. Both those teams were solid. right? right. But now you're taking a moment that literally even your casual fan probably converted people who weren't even fans of basketball who were just like, damn, is this what it's like? Okay, I, <laughs> I thought basketball was soft. Like, okay, I'm, I'm actually going to really tune in. So for him to have the presence of mind to do that, and when you listen to Draymond tell the story, Draymond's always like, "Yeah, uh, you know, I think probably Paul Pierce called him a bum, and at that point, yeah, that's what set him off. They'll take the banter. Hey, you can't guard Blake Griffin. Okay, ha ha. Oh, you're a bum. Oh, oh, okay. I'm a bum. All right, let's. I got some bum for you. Yeah, I'm about to... yeah i'm about to unleash this
1: (laughs) the next credential is you mad robert play the cameron clip right here please and we're back who was mad who was mad at this moment paul pierce clearly got got that night paul went home and tweeted the following 73 wins and you thought you was gonna win the title that year 3-1 lead oops i mean is that a joke i i don't know what is that what is he doing there
0: so, as we all know, Paul Pierce, not the most efficient social media user. I believe he was still <laughs> using clip art during that whole uh, DeAndre Jordan fiasco with the maps. you know what I'm saying? But for him to do that, and that, that's the thing, you know, you're probably sipping a little bit after the game. <laughs> Your circle's gassing you up. You got to do something. Yeah. And, again, you're just going at Draymond. My advice, like going at Draymond, KD, some of these guys, like, yo, just move on from it. You're not really, you're not going to have that, just that moment you think Where in me, I'm like a master of memes and all those type of things. Even me, like going at Draymond, I just don't, I don't, you know, it would take a lot for me to pull that meme or that moment or that thing (laughs) I could say to him that would turn the tides. Like I've seen uh, only happen a couple of times with people of that magnitude. So for Paul to go home, all you're really doing is just reminding people with that tweet. That's right. And now letting them know how much it really hurt. Like, because you're still thinking about the 73-win Warrior warrior team, you know.
1: (laughs) Do you remember this, Josiah? I did not. Two days later, Paul Pierce actually joined Michelle Beadle and Michael Wilbon in studio on ESPN's Saturday night broadcast. This guy's in season and agrees to appear on national television, and it's clear it was all designed around him discussing the Draymond moment. Let's listen to the clip.
2: What, on a scale of 1 to 10, what are you giving his trash talk game? that's about a three you know I've been around for a long time you know the likes of Kevin Garnett obviously I grew up watching Gary Payton hearing him so that that,
1: (sighs) that's that's light could you even hear Draymond the other night no I couldn't even hear him but I I don't believe that for a second this like idea that Gd get out of town you couldn't hear him don't lie to me like do you think I'm an idiot you're he's lying
0: so this will be my second Manchester Society reference of the show. <laughs> we got the scene uh, where they're showing the tape. Chauncey, you know, what I mean, like, you know, and he's just mad at. at and he's like, "Bro, you saw the tape. You heard. You know what happened. <laughs> you know what went down." He just he embarrassed you. It's okay. A three out of ten. Now Gary Payton, great trash talker. Great I don't even talk. think you know Gary Payton was a mean guy in terms of his trash talk. Like yeah. you know, my dad from his Sonic days has stories of him and George Carl going at it during games. Whatever. Oh, amazing. He I mean I think one time I'll just tell this quickly. Uh they were doing a game and uh they had the graphic on the screen. It was like scoring woes and it was just some like Gary Payton's scoring woes graphic. Gary Payne's checking back the game, sees it, looks over at him and Kevin Calabro. He's like, scoring wolves? What the, hell, what the hell scoring wolves mean? What y'all talk about scoring wolves? Like, but just the level of like, you <laughs> would go at people. But to give it a, and shout out to Michelle Beadle, an A1, like a, a friend of mine, a master troller, like master troll trying to, but trying to frame it, which she does an amazing job of trying to frame it as if she has Paul's back here, knowing nice. that she's just setting him up to get eaten by the wolves. Like, what would you? you give that trash talk on a scale of one to ten no, no she's thinking 11 in her head no she's a grade a trash talker in her own right so yeah just shout out to beads for that
1: let's get back to the clip uh, the thing that i think is worth noting here is paul pierce had two days y- you've all been in fights before and you don't have the perfect comeback and you fall asleep on it you keep thinking about it overnight you wake up and you go damn i should have said this i would have got that dude paul pierce had two days to think of something this is what paul pierce goes on to say
2: this is how it all started. Blake Griffin posted him up, got a foul, and I was just pretty much like, you can't guard Blake. he going he gonna to give it to you all night. You're not that good. You, you're only I mean, good Paul. because you got your other Steph Curry, uh, oh. KD, and Klay and, and, uh, Thompson oh, around. That's God, the only Paul. reason you get recognition. And so, you know, I'm trying to spark my team with, with the trash talk, you I know, mean, go out there, emotional leader, and give my guy some confidence. And that's when you heard him say what he said. And now...
1: I mean, that is just a – he that's a rambling, stammering, stumbling you, – you have two days, you're on national television to address this, and that's what you come up with to get back at Draymond?
2: Unfortunate.
1: When I'm on the sideline, I couldn't hear him. You know, let's, let's presume for a moment. Let's presume for a moment Paul Pierce couldn't hear him. I don't believe that for a second. You certainly hear him now. You've heard the clip a hundred times. Your boys are gassing you up. You know you know you have to respond and that's what you come up with. Here's how Paul Pierce finishes. Listen to this. Trash talking is dead. You got to look at this generation. This generation no, did- I'm not even going to finish that clip. Him saying trash talk is dead, he's literally trying to go at this by going, "Man, tra- nobody trash talk is dead. Nobody cares about trash talk." Come on, everybody cares about this. We're talking about this right now on the show.
0: Look, put in a bad situation, if I was him, I probably wouldn't have did it, kind of moved on from it. But also understand where he was coming from because it was going to be a moment that they were going to talk about. I believe it was a TNT game, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yep. And now, yeah, you go on the, the ESPN Saturday night show, hoping that That's you get right. on a new network more love. <laughs> you know, hoping they've got your back. Not understanding that, no, they're just trying to, to milk you for more That's viewership right. as well. They're That's just trying right. to run numbers up as well on you know at your detriment. <laughs> But gave him a platform to try and defend himself. Understood where he was coming from. It was just sad. You know, at the end of the day, look, he got me. I took an L. Got more money than him. Better curl. Whatever you want factors you want to say that are better than him. Yeah, he's a good trash talker, but I actually know how to score the basketball. And literally, I could not play for the next. If you wanted to burn him, just be like, "Look, I could get fucking zero points for the next six hundred games of my career and still average ten more points than him, or whatever it is. Right, right. You know, something like that. <laughs> something like that might have stung a little bit, but again, it's Draymond. He doesn't care. Draymond like Draymond care. could drop zeros across the board, and if they win, he's happy. So it's tough. <laughs> the
1: the you mentioned Boston Celtics fans. We're in the category. You mad? I want to read something I found on Boston Celtics Reddit thread. The title of the post was, was Draymond Green's infamous chasing a farewell tour? They don't love you like that. Thought you was Kobe. Comment yelled at Paul Pierce. Was that not way over the line? Here we go. Here's the rest of the post. They think it is awesome and absolute epic roast, but it's just stupid on so many levels. But more important, who the fuck says that to a retiring legend of the sport? Like, when did that become acceptable? The fucked up thing is that I know Draymond only said it because Paul is the insecure type. Paul didn't even know what to say and was probably very hurt by it on some level. Who wouldn't be? The man just said his life's work wasn't worth celebrating and he's not loved by the community. Anyways, I think Draymond might be a sociopath and the sports world is the definition of toxic. Crazy that it just got glazed over and is now being glorified. The comments from a Boston Celtics fan. I got to be honest, to me, that makes me laugh. I enjoy the moment more because I know he's going through that thought process.
0: I mean, that's a ridiculous way to, to frame and, and analyze the situation. It's guys talking trash to each other. It doesn't matter what it – yes, there's lines you cross. As long as you're not talking about somebody's kids or their family, right. their significant other, <laughs> grandmothers, you know, cousins. Then Cousins kind of, I think, are fair game. But anything beyond that, immediate family. Uh, anything else beyond that is all fair game. And at the end of the day, you know it was good because of the response. That's and right. somebody actually wrote that well-nuanced and informed – opinion on it so that's how you know it's like jerry west suing winning time for depicting him this way and doing exactly what his character would do in the show yeah, that's right. to further aiding their their defense case against him like it's it's a wild time that i'm gonna take this to supreme court it's like okay it's already
1: been done like <laughs> the next credential is the test of time this is comparing our moment against other moments like it i think the moments to compared against is other moments when paul pierce got clowned now, there's a famous clip of Paul Pierce when he played for the Brooklyn Nets, throws his wristband or his headband into the crowd. A fan catches it and throws it right back at Paul Pierce. Now, that is what truly one of my favorite NBA moments. Also, Jameer Nelson crossing over Paul Pierce. Paul Pierce drops like he got shot, like he got winged in the shoulder. And the last one, and to me, this is the one to talk about, Paul Pierce playing himself. He famously goes down. He's injured in game one of the NBA finals against the Lakers. I think he probably heard something pop. He felt something. He panicked. He thought he was really injured. He's like almost in tears. He gets lifted up by his teammates. He gets wheeled off backstage into the locker room. Everybody's going, what's going on? Me as a Laker fan, I'm watching going, well, we just beat the Celtics. Paul Pierce is out. I'm excited. Paul Pierce comes back, has this great game, and it's it's Paul Pierce legend now, this wheelchair moment. How does Paul Pierce, I guess, uh, now I want to walk you through this. I want to get your thoughts. To me, I guess Paul Pierce looks at that moment and goes, people clown me about the wheelchair. They think I'm soft because I something happened and I needed a wheelchair to get out of this. Because everybody was writing on him, his defense is to go on ESPN and tell everyone that he shit his pants. I I, I don't know. What? I don't think that makes the situation better. His defense for needing a wheelchair, instead of going, you know, I freaked out, I thought I was injured, but I came back and I was ready. I, I beat him. We beat him. We won the championship. Get off my ass. He comes back and goes, yeah, I shit my pants. That's like his defense of this moment.
0: like As a man with weak bowels. <laughs> No, I will tell you this. Okay, uh, I'm a big fan of Coachella. People that know me, uh, this year was my tenth year. I only have one goal at Coachella, only one goal every year, not to see great music. It's just to not shit in the porta potties. Nine years, no issue, circumvented it. As you may know, Coachella, a lot of things going on, a lot of mind altering events and things right. that loosen up those bowels. Year ten, getting ready to go on the shuttle to the event. Have to use the bathroom. I think it's the number one. <laughs> Walking to the bathroom, the JW Marriott, fine establishment for those who haven't been, Palm Desert, Desert Springs, vacation homes as well. See a lovely Indian wedding going on, very beautiful. Everybody's dressed very well. Oh my God.
1: Where is this going?
0: Just walk to the bathroom and churn, bubble, let it go. Did not put, but so I understand the importance and value, especially as a hooper. And back in my dad's day, I don't know if people still do this. They wear the jock straps with like they used to have the jock straps with the ass cheeks fully exposed, right? Right. right. So all takes it and guys fart during games. This is a part of life. And those farts are moist. They're sweat trickling down. I'm just saying that these are things that people need to understand at home who maybe not played at a high level. Now we have like spandex pants, a lot of guys don't wear that. Some still do the the jock strap thing. There's a real like, you know, it's a, it's hard not to poop yourself. If you you know, yes. you're eating tacos right. before the game, whatever's going on. <laughs> So for him to do that, I used to clown because you know if you if you really like zoom in, you can see maybe like the little dirt stain in his, his white. And it's tough wearing white shorts. That's the league's fault. Tough. That's tough. It's tough. It's tough. These are things that you know. I don't wear white underwear. I'm sure a lot of grown men don't. My dad's generation did not get the memo. And it's just like, why are you going to make these underwear white? What what's the benefit of doing that? So they can see when they're soiled. But for him to do that, come back, play well, but have everybody think, oh, it's just like the most demoralizing injury. He's not coming back. And I just want to know, that, like, the medical staff, whoever's in there with him, when he's like, "No, nah, I'm fine." I has got to go drop some heat. Like, <laughs> how how do they respond to that? But here I, we are.
1: I love that I'm trying to attack him, and that you fully support him because of your own bowel distress. I appreciate bowel, but you giving that.
0: I'm, Paul Paul has been like a you know like a mentor to me. Like I said, I was he's probably like five six years older. He always tells this famous story about when KG came to play with him in AAU. I was on the younger team. I remember we're all checking into the hotel. KG rolls up and he's like a God status at this point so seeing him and Paul play together and Paul's an Inglewood dude always a fan of his curl his demeanor Inglewood dudes I don't know how familiar you are with Los Angeles and kind of just the different pockets of it you know not necessarily they always fashion themselves a little different than LA guys but their curls aren't as moist as ours but he did have the nice pro style <laughs> curl that I would see and so I was I was definitely a fan of this guy so I try to I feel like everybody kind of shits all over Paul, and I I, I have enough respect for him. That, like Shaq gave him the nickname "The Truth," like you know, which is sad because you're chasing that farewell tour. Like Kobe, Kobe's you know most legendary teammate, <laughs> literally had the utmost respect for you, and now we're all just casuals, as we would call them this is all they know it's like a string of things they know paul pierce for as i said earlier in the show my dad did white man can't jump they know him as raymond the the, the liquor store robbing street baller they know paul pierce now as the guy that got owned by draymond green and, or got his you know headband tossed back to him or all the, you know pooped himself it's just not they don't know like the paul that was one of the best you know players in the league for for a long period of time
1: i lived in fear of the paul pierce elbow jumper and that's why i have to attack him now um, yeah i, guess I get, it. get it out. let it out uh, josiah you created chamberlain heights for county central you wrote yeah. on colin and black and white on netflix you host out of pocket you co-host the pod with hibachi gilbert arenas what is the project from your career that you're most proud of um for me gotta be legend
0: of chamberlain heights i think uh something that we were able to create worked with an amazing team uh myself quinn hawking who was my ucla teammate uh who we were the uh obviously the catalyst for the story
1: i learned about Legends of Chamberlain Heights as a show because of the Twitter handle. I yeah. ended up following the Twitter handle because it was funny and then being like what is Legends of Chamberlain Heights? Exactly. And then seeing the show and ended up watching it. So to me that I and I you know having worked in the television business myself, that is a rarity to have the social thing this the thing that we're trying to build or that a network is trying to use to promote this thing for, for that to become its own entity that people are fans of and then it drives it to the show. That's really what happened in my case. And I've always been impressed with what you built there and then clearly what you've built since. Congratulations so, to you. So,
0: Neil, Neil, always a pleasure hearing that, but also extremely frustrating knowing that there was like, multi-million dollar ad budgets and all these type of things. And I'm just like, yo, if you would have diverted that shit to That's me, right. gave me that bread because <laughs> I was doing this shit for below minimum wage when I really average it out and this is the, another thing that I tell people trying to get in this game like this shit is not sweet at first like I'm, I'm making some grid bread now but when I first started out I was making what like $2 an hour running that right, account right. doing numbers now that literally That's valued right. at millions and millions totally, of dollars worth of impressions I didn't know what impressions meant I didn't right, know what a right. CPM meant <laughs> that in those days I'm just like oh this shit did 30 million, 30 million impressions this month totally. that must be good right it's like yeah it's actually worth like you know $600,000 <laughs> yeah. of, of ad rev you know That's and right. money that we would spend on these things so it's all right well now i know those things and now obviously unfortunately for for people that get in business with me now (laughs) you guys are paying for those times you're paying for comedy central's missteps and now you're you're giving me the fluffy bag
1: good for you the next credential the next category is the x factor what is it what is the what is that thing that you can't see in the stats that you don't see in the video what is the x factor that makes this moment so great i think this moment will make people realize you mentioned it early on those mics down by the baseline. I think that's the next sort of level of entertainment in sports in the NBA is players knowing where the mics are, knowing where the cameras are, and and being on camera. I think that's, that's the next evolution in entertainment. Uh, for moments like this that are authentic, they'll always do better. But to me, I can see a future where people are saying things knowing that microphone is right there.
0: Uh, I think everything you said makes sense. I will just say this one caveat that – even when I was playing at UCLA, we knew to to follow the red light. We knew that the red light meant that that was the camera. The, the camera was hot. That was the camera that was getting broadcast to the world. So I think a lot of these guys come up now in a day and age where you've got 20, 30 cameras in the gym always. So they know how to play to the camera now. Like they know when they dunk on somebody, they're getting that clip right away and putting it on their social. Those singular moments, you know, will do better, like back in the day, people just wanted to watch the game highlights, right? That highlight will do a better number right. than you know 10 Warriors games. That's, just that's because right. that singular moment, that's everybody's right. gonna be talking about it. You saw it, he's on ESPN two days later. They're literally conducting an entire interview to talk about Draymond shit-talking him. Not <laughs> his career, not all the amazing things he's accomplished. Kind of same thing with My Pops and White May Can't Jump. That's Just right. tell us about robbing the liquor store and going to your car <laughs> getting your other gun. That's all we want to hear. It's a wild, it's a wild thing. But I think a testament to the, the longevity of the moment and also how legendary the moment
1: is stats career seasons that's for history moments are for us we carry them we have our own memories of them that's what this podcast is we're deciding whether this moment goes into the first ballot hall of fame this is a serious thing and the next credential is a big one it's the co-sign josiah johnson should draymond greens they don't love you like that moment make the first ballot hall of fame and why the floor is yours uh, the moment should
0: absolutely make the first Ballot Hall of Fame, like Draymond Green should make the first Ballot Hall of Fame. The moment transcends sports. It doesn't matter what sport you play. You know that that level of shit talking is just <laughs> ultimately literally Reddit discussions, debates, well articulated <laughs> points. <laughs> Bitterness, madness, anger, I think all encapsulates that situation. And it's something that none of us will ever forget. When you talk about Draymond's lore, like what are the Draymond moments that you talk about? Draymond kicking dicks, I believe, back in what, like 2016. <laughs> you know, Draymond calling LeBron a bitch and, and getting suspended for the game. And Draymond shit-talking Paul Pierce. All Hall of Fame moments in my mind. Uh, are they for all first ballot? I don't know. Dick kicking, not necessarily a first ballot. Hall. Of... <laughs> Definitely will get in there at some point. Maybe in like the senior vote, like down the line. <laughs> (laughs) But this moment, him shit-talking Paul Pierce is definitely a first ballot Hall of Fame moment in my mind. Because, again, when you think of Draymond, and sadly, when you think of Paul Pierce now, you don't think of championship with the Celtics unless you're a Bostonian. Right. Everyone else beyond that thinks of doodoo in the pants. And (laughs) they think of either shit in the pants or Draymond shitting all over. It's just like (laughs) a a lot of shit going on in the Paul Pierce space. But nonetheless, so I would give it that nod. And it's sad because, like I said, I'm a Paul Pierce fan. And that's how you know that it's authentic. Like I could be trying to sweep this under the rug, not make a big deal out of it, out of respect for Paul. But no, it's a first ballot hall of fame moment.
1: The next credential is the induction speech. That is when I, Neil, get to decide whether this moment goes into the first ballot hall of fame. And I realized I'm biased in this. If you know me, you know this. And if you don't know me, listen to me loud and clear. I hate the Boston Celtics. I hate them forever. And I hate their players and everything about them. Fuck Boston. For that reason, it is my duty as the progenitor of the First Ballot Hall of Fame to recuse myself in this matter. I abstain from voting. So what does that leave? You just heard what the king of Twitter has to say. And more than that, listen to the people. Go search the internet for the phrase, they don't love you like that. The returns are abundant and hilarious. The phrase has entered the lexicon. It's here to stay. When I think about Draymond Green, just like you just said, Josiah, I think of... He's a world class defender. He's the heart of a true NBA dynasty. I think about that joke when, when the guy said that it looks like he's sh- wearing a backpack when he shoots. I love that joke. And I think about Draymond tearing Paul Pierce limb from limb. That's it. That's the list. And that is why Draymond Greens, they don't love you like that, is officially inducted first into round. the first ballot hall of fame.
0: We did it. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we got it. it.
1: (laughs) Josiah, thank you so much for doing the show. I really appreciate it. What can you plug? Where should people follow you? What should people watch? What's your next move? I'm done plugging. If you know who I am, you know where to find me.
0: (laughs) If you don't, look it up. Just ask like three people, at least one of those three will know. (laughs) But I appreciate you, man. So much stuff going on. Just thank you for the opportunity to to appear on the stream.
1: Thank you so much for doing it. I really appreciate it. Josiah Johnson. that's it that's the show thanks for listening please if you enjoy the show write and review us or tell a friend my special thanks to the king josiah johnson first ballot is edited by robert rucci produced by jessica sang if you need any music for your podcast or a beat for your song go to at rhythm j he did all the music in this show same with any design work make sure you check out rob Harzkamp. camp he's fantastic this is first ballot